0: You are listening to the Forcecom Frontline, bringing you to our soldiers on the front lines of readiness. Hey, everyone! Welcome to the Forcecom Frontline. I'm Ashley, and I'm your host. As we mentioned in our last episode, June is the month of the Army's birthday, and this year is 248. In just a few months ago, the Army launched a new logo and brought back the "Be All You Can Be" slogan. One of the key key themes of that new campaign is possibilities, the possibilities that are available to you through the Army. And to help us highlight this, we asked First Lieutenant Amber English to join us today. Amber is an Olympic gold medalist, and she participated in the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo and took the gold in the women's ski. If anyone knows about the possibilities the Army can open, it's her. So welcome, Amber. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So, I have to tell you, you're the first Olympian I've ever talked to. So, that's exciting. Oh, nice. <laughs> and definitely the first gold medalist. So, uh, <laughs> I've checked off a few things off of my list today. <laughs> so, you know, before we really get into all of that, can you just tell me a little, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? You know, how long you've been in the Army and where you're from originally, that sort of stuff?
1: Yep. Uh, like you said, I am First Lieutenant Amber English. I am currently in the Army Reserve. Um, I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, we were a super outdoorsy family. So every weekend was skiing and fishing and hunting and everything outside. Um, I learned to shoot from a very young age, um, uh, but definitely not competitive. I grew up doing gymnastics and then decided <laughs> right at the end of high school, I, uh, my body was not going to allow that anymore. <laughs> um, so that's how I got into shooting. I, ha- I come from a long line of, of, competitive shooters my mom and dad shot and aunt and uncles um, oh, wow. cousins yeah they shot uh you know different variations of rifle uh, discipline so I was kind of the only black sheep to get out there and shoot shotgun <laughs> but uh you know I just started with a passion and once my body healed a little bit from gymnastics I, I decided I wanted to compete in something um and so that's when I started to shoot after that and it really just became something that I was Excited about and interested in, and then just progress from there.
0: Okay, I have literally so many questions for you. <laughs> okay. So, Bring on. did I read and correct me if I'm wrong, but your dad has a tie to the Olympics, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, he worked for the Olympic Committee years ago, and so it was kind of interesting to come up through that process. I grew up around the Olympic movement, um, so it was kind of exciting to go. And get to talk to other athletes and and just see how that process worked for kind of everybody. And then to come full circle. And and yeah, I mean, I feel like for for
0: me, the I would have never the Olympics was never something that was like in my family or I would have ever dreamed of. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of a little bit different for you. You you had that around you. But did you ever think that that was something that you would do?
1: You know, at first when my dad uh, worked for the Olympic Committee back then, I was still doing gymnastics. So it was kind of like, eh, you know, I'll maybe do it in college or something like that. Um, but it was really, you know, after that and just seeing, you know, there's just the Olympic movement and Colorado Springs is, you know, considered Olympic city of yeah. the U.S. So um, there's a lot of a lot of cool things going on in Colorado Springs and, and they really try to help all the athletes in town. Right. So
0: we already talked about this. You shooting, you've always done shooting, but hasn't really been like your passion, um, up until not too long ago, I guess. So how, how Mm -hmm. long really have you been, been doing it competitively?
1: Yeah. So I started at the very end of high school. Um, I, I started pretty late compared to everybody else. Um, a lot of kids start, You know, just like swimming or or gymnastics or anything like that from a young age. Uh, But yeah, I started at the very end of high school. I'm 33 now, so I'll let y'all do that. (laughs) (laughs) You're still younger than me. (laughs) Yeah. I've taken a few years off here and there. I took um, 2012 off at the very end of that to finish college. Um, And then I worked as a paramedic for quite a while in Colorado Springs and Woodland Park and Denver a little bit. And then I also took uh, 2017 off is when I joined the Army. so I had to do, you know, basic training and officer candidate school in Fort Benning and then back to the basic officer leadership course in uh, Virginia after that. So it was about a full year of Army training before I could get back on the gun. Okay. And so you mentioned
0: you're in the reserve reserves. Mm -hmm. So are you... explain how this all works to me. Are you active duty right now? Because you're part of the
1: world-class soldier program. Explain it all. (laughs) There's a lot, you know, that's the cool thing about all of this is there's so many different ways to obtain your goals through the army. And a lot of people just don't know about it. Um, I joined through the reserves. It kind of gave me the best um, option to control my schedule and, kind of have an outline before I went through training. So that way I could figure out what the best, you know, timeframe was for me to get back on the gun and and obtain the goals. So um, I went through the reserves, I went through normal training, which would pretty much put you on active duty like everybody else. And then I went on orders, which is in the reserves called title 10 orders. And so that puts you on active duty orders, where you're treated just like normal active duty soldiers, you're you're one of them okay. um and then you're uh, supposed to stay on that for 1095 days and then you have to come <laughs> off of it for a year so it's different there's so yeah. many different ways around it that's the cool thing about the reserves is that there, it offers a lot of flexibility and if you want to pursue you know a civilian career as well as a military career you can you can do that so what what prompted you to join the reserves yeah. So I was already training and competing with a lot of the guys, um, who were actively in the military and I just okay. fought it for so long. I said, I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not doing it now. I already, you know, I've already got a career, I already went to school. I'm too old to go. And, and so it was just kind of, I, I noticed that I was bored in Colorado and needed a big change of pace and the, the army definitely offered uh, <laughs> a sense of adventure. That's for sure. And, and just new things. I met a lot of great people through that process. Um, So I applied for the world-class athlete program, which is out of Fort Carson. And that unit specifically houses all different types of uh, national team members from swimming to boxing, shooting, all different types of sports. And their main mission is just to represent uh, the U.S. in domestic and international competitions in hopes of making the Olympic team and winning a medal. So I was very fortunate to have their support uh, to go through the whole process and I was very excited to represent them the whole time.
0: Yeah, it, it's a it's a great program. But did did you ever think that your path to the Olympics would be through the army?
1: No. <laughs> no. no, not at all. but You know what? It, it was kind of uh taking a a step in a different direction and, and knowing that hey, you know, the army is there, a lot of other people have done it before me and a lot of Yeah to continue to do it after me so you know if they can do it I can do it and um, just finding the best route to to obtain my goals and the world-class athlete program definitely provided me a bunch of resources that I didn't necessarily have before and just just the stability um, of having a really great support system helped a lot. Can you talk a little bit more about
0: the world-class world-class athlete program and you know some of the the benefits to it and what you get out of it and how it works really
1: yeah so it's it's uh your main focus on a daily basis is to wake up and train and if that's you know working with other national team coaches or whoever whatever um your program kind of dictates is what you're going to do and then you also have you know soldier responsibilities on top of that so you do have to you stay with all the training and everything else that all the other soldiers are doing across the army um so you're just a, a soldier athlete and um it a lot of it what I liked about WCAP is that it offered a little bit of flexibility and they knew that you know been I've been there for a long time and around the sport it kind of allowed me to have a little freedom and play with what I needed to do to perform my best. So sure. they were extremely supportive and I couldn't have asked for a better better team uh, to be around preparing for the Olympics. So are you no longer part of that program? I'm not, but you know uh, surprise I actually applied again so <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my uh, paperwork to go through, and I'm really, really excited to be back with them again.
0: Okay. And so what are you doing right now? Um, I mean, in between everything
1: else? Yeah, so I honestly thought that I was going to be done shooting after 2020 or 2021. Um, I I thought I had enough fun, and and I didn't. I took a little bit of time off. Uh, My background's in healthcare, so uh, flight medic school... um, I'm still studying for that, and I I got into med device sales for a little while, uh, where I was doing kind of orthopedic sales uh, at some hospitals here in Georgia. Um, And then I realized, you know, man, I I feel like I can give it one more go uh, (laughs) to 2024. And so, it's been it's been strange. It's been a really weird process. I've obviously never been through this before, and so I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, how to prepare the best way I can, and I realize you know there's there's one main thing that keeps me going is there's never a woman to win back-to-back gold, so
0: oh. we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, so 2024 is on the
1: horizon, then hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. You know, one of the things with women's skeet, so in shotgun we have rifle, well you have rifle, pistol, and shotgun, and then in shotgun specifically you have skeet and trap. The so women's skeet team in the whole world to make. We are extremely competitive and that what that is what makes us super good is just because of the depth that we have um wow. with that team. So that yeah I take the top two even making that team is a blessing all on its own. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> did I did I read somewhere that you were teaching marksmanship at Benning? Did I, or did I make that up? No, so, so
1: attached to the you know, fort preventing georgia there for a little while um and part of their mission too is is being a shooter instructor so they have a a bunch of different um sections that go out and kind of teach the rest of the force okay um you know kind of lethality with weapons and basic marksmanship and and uh so that they can be the best that they can be for their unit okay um oh where did my question
0: go so so you went to 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. That was like peak pandemic. Yeah, it was insane. That <laughs> was insane. In your first time to what was that what was
1: that like? Well, uh zero out of ten stars for training during that. <laughs> I don't ever want to train through something like that again. Um But it was good to have the army there and support us and knowing that the uh the stress was pretty high with not knowing what was going to happen and you know there's a bunch of other olympians and the shooting team and stuff that we had kind of reached out to and and coaches it was all very uncharted territory for everybody because no one had really been through a pandemic like that right before the games you know between the people protesting you know (laughs) wanting to have the games canceled it was just a a really weird horrible roller coaster ride but yeah i was glad you know i was able to wake up every day and find self motivation to keep going and and it paid off so i feel like I, you,
0: I feel like you need 2024 so that you can experience like a real olympics right
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was that was just crazy super crazy was
0: was 2020 the one where there were all the pictures of the beds that were like made out of cardboard
1: yeah how
0: how were they you know, that
1: wasn't that wasn't the problem the cardboard bed felt like normal frame really but the uh the mattress for lack of better words it kind of looked like little squares and it to me it looked like you know when you swirl like a hot glue gun around and how that glue <laughs> kind of forms like that's what those little squares looked like and oh you were, you could turn them over depending on how hard you wanted it. And it was like, you know, you either wanted it as hard as a rock or hard as a wood floor. I mean, it was all in space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was what, was awesome. it, what was it like being part of Team USA? I mean, to, to go through that experience and meet the other athletes
1: you know everybody was super hyped to be there and just excited that we all had the opportunity to compete although it was very strange and different um the hype is real for sure (laughs) everybody was very excited and and you know you walk around the olympic village and everybody's wearing their you know country's colors and it's super patriotic and um everybody's just extremely happy to be there had you ever been to an olympic games before I actually went, uh, with some friends to 2008 to go watch when we were younger. Um, that was definitely an experience. So we, I had seen what it looked like and, uh, but obviously not, not from the lens I just went through. Sure. So, so what are your plans for your army
0: career, you know, other than competing, what are some things you hope to achieve?
1: You know, I'd like to go to some other schools uh, eventually right now. You know, it's kind of a one track path to making this next Olympic team. Sure. And then uh, we'll see from there, you know, a bunch of doors open and close all the time. <laughs> and so it's just kind of the right timing and the right support. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I am excited to keep it going and, and uh, go from there.
0: You know, you said something that just popped up another question. What is your training like? Like, how much time are you spending training for, hopefully, the Olympics?
1: Yeah, so we actually just shot uh, part one of Olympic trials, which was ridiculously early in the process. (sighs) Um, Normally, we don't shoot part one until late fall. Um, But we shot part one, and so my goal was just to be in the top six and kind of in the hunt for the next one. So they'll add part one and part two together, and then the top two make the Olympic team. So, okay. um, I was in the same position I kind of was in last time. I'm, I'm. Uh, I think it's a little easier to come from behind sometimes <laughs> and stay on top for that long. So yeah, um, I did what I needed to do there, and then you know, training. It's just it's very uh, cyclic, depending on what matches we're getting ready for. And what we're gonna do. So I have a little bit of downtime right now. I actually sent my gun off, so it's getting worked on for the next three <laughs> weeks. So I'm taking advantage. I was of gonna say, does that again. mean three three weeks off? <laughs> what do I do? Myself? Yeah, so I was working and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, lots of new things happening, and you know, I don't really feel like I have to defend anything going to the next uh, Olympic trials. I just have to try to enjoy the process and do the best that I can and give it 100%. We'll I see think what that's
0: happens. a hundred percent. That's a great attitude though, too. I think it would yeah. be very easy to be like, I won it once I'm going back yeah. and I'm going to do it again.
1: <laughs> How do you, Yeah, I mean, there's obviously definitely a competitive side to all of those. Oh, sure. But, um, I've just realized over time that being in the most positive headspace possible will, you know, Give me the best results so I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to have have fun and actually enjoy it this time <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie I may have
0: Instagram stalked you before this okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I saw that you have dogs so oh, yeah. are they with you in Georgia are they everywhere you go as much as possible yeah,
1: yeah I uh, I don't travel with them because they're like 200 pounds of fur and I already have oh. enough stuff. <laughs> I've got a big lab and then a, a pretty small Bernese mountain dog, which she's pretty big too. <laughs> um. And yeah, you know, we're home, we all do a bunch of stuff. And then I was on the road a lot. So I have good people to watch them and hang out and they have they have fun.
0: I, I know that was really random, but I'm really into well, my yes, dog. I'm into my dog. Up. So
1: yeah. actually 2021, my uh, New Year's resolution was to pet every dog that I saw, like with permission. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> check that off the list. Nice. Yeah.
0: So, you know, you, you talked a lot about taking advantage of of schools with the army. And I think that's something, I mean, you started out as a paramedic and you talked about flight medicine and some of these other things. I think that's one thing that I think people often forget is that, you know, what you're doing in the army and what you can take from the army can transition out of the army. So can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been like with that? Um,
1: yeah, well, I think honestly, just being a veteran, uh, sets you apart on a resume initially anyway, um, for some people um, in the schools, you know, I would never go to college to learn the things that I'm learning in the army. And so that's a good part of it. It's free. Yeah. It's, it's all part of our time that we owe and and stuff like that. But, um, I think it is important and you can learn a lot just from taking other schools and meeting new people. Yes. And it opens a lot of doors that you wouldn't have just, uh, as a civilian without that training. Absolutely. And so, what's your plan? Do you
0: do you hope to stay in the army for a little while, or reserve, and um, take advantage of it, or what are you what are you hoping to do?
1: You know that is a, that is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answer to that yet. You That's know, I okay. Like, I feel like I changed my mind every other month. So I mean, it's um, not
0: like you don't have anything going on. <laughs>
1: You know, I just, eat. they say you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. So I'm trying to take little bites <laughs> and go from there. Um, okay. But I, you know, I'm, my goal is to get through 2024 um, with the world-class athlete program and then make decisions after that. Okay. Uh, you know, there's so many different opportunities with the Army and how things are changing. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's definitely not um, impossible for me to stay, do 20 years, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, and so I, I'm. This
0: is random. Sorry. Um, you were a paramedic Ooh. before the reserve, and I guess maybe still now a little bit. Was healthcare something that you were interested in? Like, how uh, talk about talk about that a little.
1: Yeah, it was always uh, honestly. I grew up thinking that I was gonna be a veterinarian forever, Me and then too, really. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I decided I was like, you know, maybe I want to help people, and so I, I struggled being an athlete and student at the same time there for a while because, I mean, we'd be gone for a month at a time, and if you didn't really have a teacher that supported that, well, yeah. you're not gonna pass or stay in the class. You have sure, to, like, different route, so. That was hard for me um, initially being in you know a healthcare field or just a science-based degree path. Um, I changed my degree probably four or five times <laughs> and uh, landed on uh, you know my bachelor's in health science and part of that uh, degree which was actually really cool the uh, last year your senior year you're supposed to get certified in something so if you want to be an x-ray tech or a paramedic, or they had a bunch of different options. I was like, you know, maybe EMS would be pretty cool. So I started uh, with my EMT basic in 2010, and then went through and went to paramedic school. And so when I graduated with my bachelor's, I also uh, became a paramedic. And so, you know, as soon as I graduated, I instantly had a job, which was, which was really cool. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed all that time that I had. It was long hours and <laughs> pretty horrible pay, but I learned so much, um, and I still carry all of those lessons. I'll carry them for the rest of my life. So.
0: I'm sure. You know, I said I always wanted to be a veterinarian. I had it in the back of my head, but I, <laughs> my first semester of college, I kind of knew I always wanted to do public affairs, public relations, but I always said, I'm going to be a veterinarian. My first semester of college, I went and I had to do bio, and it did not go well. It <laughs> did not <laughs> It did not go well at all. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way I could be a vet. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was like organic chemistry and stuff like that for me. I'm like, <sighs> oh, what am I doing? <laughs>
0: yeah. I I decided to go with words and writing rather than um, slides on a, <laughs> under the microscope. I just, yeah, it was a bad first semester. <laughs> uh, it's a lot you yeah. So. What would your, I mean, you're a female, you know, you've, you've done some incredible things utilizing some resources within the army. What would you say to young girls who are, you know, maybe not sure what they want to do next, um, trying to figure out what, what they want to do?
1: You know, I would just say, talk to everybody. I kind of, you know, when I teach shooting and stuff to younger kids right now. I've, I've taken a lot more of that on. That's um, cool. I get, yeah i get a lot of those questions and it's like just talk to people i mean when you're in the airport talk to somebody you can learn something from every single person that you meet and i kind of look at it like you have your own toolbox right yeah no toolbox is going to be the same from everybody it's just little little tools that you add to your own specific toolbox and then um go from there but you can learn something from everybody and if if you you know see somebody that inspires you um figure out what they're doing or what their path was reach out to them i mean there's so many ways to get in touch with people now that um people should definitely take advantage of it and just yeah. learn yeah and try something new you know nothing's really permanent that's kind of what me joining the military i'm like man i can just do 4 years and be done if i want or keep it going you know yeah. it's not it's not a permanent thing um and i ended up you know staying for a while so i would just say Get comfortable with being uncomfortable and uh, just enjoy the ride. I
0: I think that's great advice. Um, you mentioned mentors. Did you ha- have Do you have a mentor? Did you have a mentor going into the 2020 Olympics?
1: Yeah, you know we had I had a coach and I was just surrounded by a team of people that uh, wanted to see us do well. And I think that's important having uh, good positive training environments and being able to buckle down and get it done. Um, You know, we really leaned on our coaches to kind of get us through that. And they saw, you know, the good, bad and the ugly. That's (laughs) for sure getting ready for this. So it was definitely uh, it took a team for us to get where we needed to be. Yeah,
0: I think I think that's important. I think, you know, having a squad uh, being with people who are supporting the same thing that you you do is Mm -hmm. is important. Um, Do you have your medal around you?
1: I don't. I was just literally thinking. You read my mind. I was like, oh my god I was like, I could go run and get it real quick if you want me to. Uh, can do Yeah. Okay, I'll have to run. Okay. okay. I think that was the fastest I have ever opened my gun safe in my entire life. Oh, so.
0: man there it is There it is. that's awesome is it heavy
1: Uh, it is it actually is pretty heavy but this is the traditional face of all summer olympic medals okay um every single summer olympic medal that's the goddess of victory and then the back side the host country gets to design the back so it says tokyo 2020 how awesome and then the they say the hardest thing to replicate is actually the ribbon so this one's kind of inlaid on the inside but yeah
0: Awesome. There it is. First thing I've ever worked for. I I bet. And so you keep it in your gun safe? I do. Yep. I do. That was magic for you to open it that quickly. (laughs)
1: That was very fast. I was like, please work, please work.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for showing it to us. So we've talked a lot. Um, Is there anything that we missed? Anything that you think it's important about, you know, what you've gone through and what you've accomplished that you just want to share?
1: Um, You know, I I kind of learned that there's three things that are kind of really important to me, and I kind of pass it along a little bit. Um, The first one is just don't ever forget where you came from. And if you're in a position where you have the opportunity to give back, whether it's in business or sports or just being a mentor to somebody else, um, remember that, you know, when you started, it wasn't easy for you at one point either. So you learned how you wanted to be and, and not. Um, And the other one, you know, just uh, don't ever quit. If, you know, if I had a dollar for every time that somebody told me, you know, when you didn't grow up or stop doing this or stop doing that, then I wouldn't be where I am today. So, Um, and then one more thing, like don't ever use people as stepping stones to get where you want to go. You know, you have to be able to sleep at night and know that you did everything in in a good conscience uh, to get where you wanted to be. So don't use other people as a stepping stone. (gasps) You give me goosebumps.
0: I love all of that. It's it's such a great message, and I mean, yeah. I think we we all can take something from that. I think our whole world could take something from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all need to be a little bit kinder to everybody. And I say that a lot on this podcast. I think um, you just you just don't know what people are going through and what what your words could mean to them that day. So, help each other out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well. I know that you are a busy person and you know, I hope, I hope to see you on the TV yeah. in 2024 and I'm going to tell my kids, I know her and I saw her awesome. first gold medal.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I'm- I appreciate it. I appreciate the support and anything, uh, anything I can do to help you guys in the future or whatever, let me know. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll play shooting like not in the middle of the night this time. <laughs> right.
0: Cause I will earn some real big mom points if I'm like, I know her. Yeah. Where <laughs> well, are you located out of? We're at Fort Bragg. Oh, Fort Bragg.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah so.
0: Oh, cool. Wait. Dean's asking me something. Liberty. Fort Liberty. Oh, excuse us. <laughs> <you>. Yeah. Excuse
1: <laughs> us. It's not Fort Benning either. I'm at Fort Moore.
0: Oh, right. So. I, it's going to take me a while. I will get there. Fort,
1: <laughs> Fort Liberty. Got it.
0: It's just, it's just not, it, I'm just not used to it yet. But yeah. I mean, it's only been okay. a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're still changing signs down here. So. Yeah,
0: we ha- all of our interstate signs still need changed. <laughs> well, again, thank you. I know you're super busy. Um, I'm glad we were able to to work out a time and get to talk.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for your time. And I appreciate your support.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: it for this episode.
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find full video episodes of our podcasts on YouTube. You can just search for the Force Calm Frontline and we'll see you next time on the front line.